I created the event horizon to reach the stars. But she's gone much, much farther than that. She tore a hole in our universe, a gateway to another dimension. A dimension of pure chaos. Pure evil. When she crossed over, she was just a ship. But when she came back, she was alive. Look at her, Miller. Isn't she beautiful? Your beautiful ship killed its crew, Doctor. Wow. They're not your crew anymore. They belong to the spoilers. This is Event Horizon Spoilers. This is Spoilers. Hey now. Hey everybody, this is your host TV recording and today we are going to be recording honestly like one of my favorite bad movies of all time if that makes sense. We're going to be doing um, the Sam Neill starring Lawrence Fishburne starring and Pap, who directed this? Paul W.S. Anderson. Two movie clubs. Anderson's. 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 There we go. And he directed Mortal Kombat, correct? Yes. Two movie Not club. Boogie Nights or There Will Be Blood. He did direct Magnolia, though, which is confusing. That yes. does make a lot of sense. <laughs> which, it's weird because the name Paul Anderson is not Paul W.S. Anderson in the credits of this. It just says Paul Anderson. So, like, really, who's to say which one is, directed is, is there a different Paul Anderson? Just a third? Is there like Paul Thomas, Paul <laughs> they were all of them deceived for another Paul Anderson <laughs> was made. <laughs> also, I feel like we're doing this movie just for derps, Patreon friend. Yeah. And also, I mean, maybe a spot, uh, you know, a spite, you know, recording because Corey and Brad to do a podcast without us in secret. It was very strange. Derbs didn't like pay for another pick or anything. But he just messages us such nice messages so often. He deserves it, boys. And he's got the cool profile picture, which he deserves as many picks as he wants just for the Return to Paradise pick. And I, I was like really happy to see that message from Derbs because, Pap, you and I have been talking about this movie forever. You said it scarred and you as a child, right? Like this is a As a child, it, it, it did scar me as a kid. I mean, we're talking like, I always talk about like, you know, Whatever movie was on in the house, typically when my mom and sister were out doing something, it was pretty much what dad wanted to watch. And at some point, it was Event Horizon, and it scared the living shit out of me. And I, I mean, have, is this your guys' first time watching this movie? Yes. I mean, I've seen Alien, and I've seen The Shining, and I've played the game Dead Space, so I feel like I've been here before. But yeah, I've never seen this movie before. I think there's like a large group of us out there that saw this movie way too young, whether it be like sleepovers or dads who didn't care about what their children's like children watched. This movie scarred me as a young kid. You might just think it's a, you know, a gritty little sci-fi tale. You don't normally associate space unless it is alien specifically with gore, maybe especially up to this Mm -hmm. point, but Stevie, we haven't gotten into the specifics of the images that are included in this film yet, but it's very easy to see 
why you would be scarred if you saw like Dude. the full version of this. It's insane. You're talking young kid like VHS <laughs> and Stevie like, goes to Latin Mass and just starts crying in the back. <laughs> Dude, I don't mind the I don't mind incantations at all during Mass. Like I was at Mass uh, this past Wednesday, and like I don't mind that at all. But for some odd reason, Latin in movies scares the shit out of me. And I think it's rooted back to this movie. I am a firm believer in that. Because, I mean, there's many times, like, if I hear Latin in a movie, I get, I know it's a scary language if it's said in a scary voice, but it it does extra to me for some other reason, and I blame this movie. I've read, listened about, seen enough movies, listened to podcasts about uh, bad stuff happening to people. And if you hear Latin, I, like as soon as I heard Latin in this movie on the intercom, I was like, devil, demon, demon. It's like Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio meme, like demon, it's a demon. <laughs> I just like that there's a fluent like Latin translator on board the ship. Like, thank God for Mr. Malfoy <laughs> over there. <laughs> well, maybe they brought like Latin back in the schools in the future. You know what I mean? Mm. He said, hey, at one point it was dead in the future. They're bringing it back. And this guy just dug deep and very fluent in Latin, shockingly. Go on. I thought it said liberate me. Save me. Stevie, speaking of scary parts, before we get into opening introduction, I don't know what we're doing in this pod, but there is a question. There's a most rewound part. They show what that is on the YouTube yes, version of this. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it is a very, very scary part. And I'll let you know what that is when we get to it later on in the pod. Okay, Stevie? <laughs> like most rewound. It has like little most stars. Replayed. And says most replayed. Yeah. Every YouTube video yes. has it, but including like video movies that you rent on YouTube. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Yeah. I noticed that. I'm curious now because i didn't watch it on youtube i rewound that part and in rewinding it it said most replay josh i, like, I did the exact same thing <laughs> it was like one of the only times Let's, they rewound i was like son of a bitch they got me too <laughs> this is a <laughs> great teaser too. for later in the pod pap we'll get to so it we'll funny. get to it well for those of you who aren't going to watch it on youtube i'll do some heavy lifting for you it's on paramount plus if you're subscribed to that and no commercials, which is great. But I guess my opening question to you boys, I know I'm a little late on this. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. We'll go, Pap, you go first, then Josh. If you could pick a way to die in the outer realms of space, how would you want to go? Oof. The outer realms? Right. Like Neptune? In space, bro. Just in space. Okay. You've left the atmosphere. This is Pappy, recording from Kalamazoo, Michigan. If I, if I had to die in the outer realms of space, it would be pretty badass to be the first person to be killed by some form of extraterrestrial life right like be that <laughs> would be awesome a space disease or a xenomorph or something like 
just to be like, yeah, I was like the first one who who got it. You know, you're going down in the history books at that point. You're the first contact. So if I who if are I you talking to, to in this scenario? <laughs> <laughs> are you in the hell realm telling that to your buddies? <laughs> no, no. What a statue of me back on Earth and be like, he didn't know. He didn't know. He he just tried to fold space time. It was a totally innocent quest, and he. <laughs> You pay the ultimate sacrifice. It would be pretty amazing to show like an alien creature statue like holding you up by your neck. <laughs> and there's like a plate in the bottom like with your yeah, name it's like on the predator, it. Yeah, like my whole spinal cords there here <laughs> in memorandum, Pappy Malcolm. No, that, that would be how I would want to go. I mean, uh, everything else seems fucking terrible, right? Like there's no great ways to die yeah. in deep space. This is Josh from Goshen. If I had to die in the outer realms of space, <laughs> um, I think I would, I'll steal a little bit from Interstellar here. I'll choose first person to die by black hole. Mm. And I think worst case scenario mm, and most likely scenario is you just get ripped apart immediately. And then best case scenario is that I'll get to like talk to my daughters through books on their shelves for a couple decades or something like that. <laughs> so like either way you slice it, I just feel like- Just flinging dust around. <laughs> <laughs> yep, messing with watches and stuff. When your kids though is Timothy Chalamet. So unfortunately you have that. Is it worth it? It'd be such a disappointment. <laughs> This is Stevie. Um, this is gonna sound like really boring. I would probably just oxygen out on a spaceship or get space dementia. And that's how I would probably go. Just cause like- You wanna suffocate to death? Is that what you're saying? Oxygen out? Well, any other way I'd probably suffocate. Mm. Like dying in space, Pap, I feel like is a lot of suffocation. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I'd rather like suffocate just, I don't know, on a ship with just flickering lights and, you know, fuses blowing up here and there. I wouldn't want to go out in like the cold of space and just have my lungs like torn apart and frozen. Just crash into I, something. You're in the- What do I crash you're into? You're in the outer realms. There's not a fucking McDonald's <laughs> you can drive into. Like, Yeah, like what am I crashing into? Just rapidly? the nearest outpost. I mean, like the United, like the U.S. were the first to land, like on the moon. The Russians, like, were the first to land in the moon. Would you want me to like go that way, in Josh? What do you mean by in the moon? They try going to the moon and they crash right into it. And Is died. that true? Yes. That's why the Russians are the first to land in. The United States are the first to land on. U.S.A. USA. <laughs> Fucking we did it. bastards. Anyway, we did it. That's right. Been sticking it to him for over 60 years now. So, um, Josh, go ahead and kick us off with this movie. It's, I feel like it's kind of by the numbers now. Maybe even a little by the numbers then, but how does this movie start off?
Oh, man. What is the exact scene? So I think the general gist is that we... Yeah, you can start with the gist and do exact scenes. Yeah, we're like 30, 40 years in space, and we have, as a species, spread out amongst the stars, right? So we got all this new technology. We're trying to get to new planets, and Event Horizon is the na- is the name of... It's basically like the Titanic of space, right? It's the biggest, most uh, technologically yes. advanced, unbreakable, big-ass spaceship. And it's been lost for like seven years. So um, that's kind of like the backstory. And Sam Neill is... Um, he's kind of the guest aboard the ship, right? We don't know why Sam Neill's there. And I'll say this too for... A 90-minute movie, this, like, first act is a pretty slow burn, but I fucking love it. Like, I love seeing the space technology. Like, I know there's, like, two opening text crawls or whatever, but just, like... A lot of text. I don't know, like, seeing them being put... Yeah, I've seen them being put in, like, suspension. Like, there's just enough, like, little jump scares kind of to keep it interesting. Like, I I, I don't know. I, I really like this first act where they're setting up the space... Uh, the future of space, the near future. Stevie, can you tell me a little bit about Sam Neill's character? Because, like I said, this is my first time watching this movie. Is he like an evil scientist from the start? Is his arc supposed to be no. he gets becomes evil? I feel like there's a little bit of like, um, even from the start, he's kind of like misleading them a little bit or something, isn't he? He is. He's purely misleading them, yeah. So, I mean, in theory, like Sam Neill, not in theory, I think in reality, Sam Neill's character, Dr. Weir, did not give a flying fuck about anybody who was on that ship, anybody who was in the Lewis and Clark. He just wanted to go make sure that his baby was okay, which was that gravitational wave thingamajig. And... I think he was a narcissist from the start just for the simple fact that like this is a dude that alienated his wife so badly that she ended up killing herself because he spent like all of his time mm-hmm. at work or like into his work. And <laughs> I think um, at a certain part of his character's arc, he was terrified of like what he had created. But by then it was too late because the ship had taken over. There's one shot of Sam Neill in the beginning, and I don't know if you guys remember this. Like, I don't know if he's like outside of Mars, but he's like in some kind of space station thing, and the camera's spinning, and the space station's spinning, and it's made me the most nauseous of any shot I've ever seen in a movie. I had to look away from the dude. TV. I hated when you're like on the you're looking at the mm-hmm. ship, like the grid. Yeah, ship, yes, yes. And it's just rotating and rotating and rotating. That was obnoxious. I did not. I had to look away. It was bad. Common dioxide can produce hallucinations, impaired judgment. God damn it, DJ. It was not a hallucination. Doctor, you were in the duct. You must have heard something. You must have seen something. I did. About an hour ago, I saw my son lying on the examination table. And. And his legs were. If you don't mind my saying so, it sounds a little like shock. Could it be that you're traumatized no. by seeing the body? No, of excuse it? me. No. 
Stevie, when you were calling him a narcissist, it kind of clicked into place mm-hmm. one of the scenes that I thought was confusing and kind of annoying. Um, one of the crew members starts having like a vision of like her child or something, and it's caused by the gravitational Ugh. pull, and we'll talk about that. But like when she comes back in a room, Sam Neil gaslights her and tells her that she's like crazy and she didn't see anything and tells the rest of the crew that it means nothing right and i think yeah he probably like he he doesn't he wants to be the only one like fucking with it or something like he doesn't want to believe it's like i don't know he's the chosen one for it from the beginning in my mind and i was hoping as like a very early stevie question on this pod you might be able to say, like, was he really, like, kind of the devil from the beginning? Just it was, like, hidden a lot better. I think there's a backstory somewhere in there where this had happened before and Dr. Weir knows about it and thought he could fix it and thought he had it fixed where they went again. And I think this is, like, second time, like, you know, it's not my fault type deal. And I think, like, a part of, like, in the movies, like, when he's coming to grips with yeah, I create a gateway to hell. That's like my like that's my name now. Is it kind of like the shining in that it is the shining that the ooze of from the black hole or whatever this like hell like being is like does it recognize that Sam Neil has these like workaholic tendencies and this attachment to the event horizon and it can therefore like hijack him, right? Like in the same way like in the shining movie where Jack Nicholson was like a little bit violent, you know, before he gets to the Overlook Hotel mm-hmm. and then he goes like full out violent. Like, is that why it like chose him? You know what I mean? To embody it? Well, that that and probably plot armor too, you know? Like Sam Neill's your main character. You're not going to pick like Justin to like, you know, be the evil one. Well, it does inhabit Justin or something for a while, doesn't it? Like possesses him? Yeah, because he does like wake up and... Did it like I know it's like a gruesome like death, but did anybody love that sequence like as much as I do? Poor, I love the Justin se- the death sequence. Poor baby bear, absolutely love. He it. doesn't die, dude. That he lives. Yeah, okay, he's in the back to tank at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the weird thing, right? Because like on one hand, you have Sam Neill explaining the concept of like folding space time, and it, like wants to feel super authentic. Christopher Nolan gave that same exact. It's from a wrinkle in time. It's from a wrinkle in time. I yeah, know. Like, I mean, like a lot of people. I have, know. Like, done it, but it's like I, I don't know. And then like later on, it's like things just don't make sense at all. Like it abandons that like commitment to reality in some way. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? Just like the hell part, or I mean, just the fact that like if you have a hole in a spaceship. It's over. You know what I mean? Like, there's not like you can't like hold on to a grate with your fingertips. You know what I mean? And like pull yourself yeah. around. Like it's a vacuum. Like you're instantly getting sucked out. Like there's not even a demon can't. Well, a space demon can from hell, but not like <laughs> <laughs> that. Should have been the name of the movie: Space Demons <laughs> from Hell. Then Stephen <laughs> wouldn't have accident or Stevie wouldn't have accidentally seen it when he was a kid. <laughs> Dude, they really should have labeled it something or like put just like a, you know, just like a demon outline of the stars for like the cover. That'd have been nice to say like, hey, this is a really scary movie for a young child. 
maybe don't watch it. But like, you know, I say this a lot. This isn't the greatest movie ever, and that's fine. But I thought the acting between Larry Fishburne and um, Sam Neill was really great. What do you think you're doing, Doug? You wanted to know where the ship has been. So now you'll find out. Like the tension between them, you could definitely tell it was like really great actors trying to work around like a bad script. Don't you think? The script is not good. Like at one point... No, it's not. I think Larry Fishburne says to Sam Neill, like, hey, mister, don't walk away from me <laughs> or something like that. It's like something you say to like a, Love like that a line. child. Love that bizarre. line. Bizarre. Like, but I, For I, people who haven't watched the movie and are listening to this pod, can you guys kind of explain why those two characters are at odds? Because that's a big plot point throughout the movie. So we talked about Sam Neill. This character's name's Weir. He's the creator of the Event Horizon. He's not suppo- He's not part of this crew. There's a regular crew who does space rescues. <laughs> they specialize in space rescues. They're the Coast yeah. Guard. Um, also, it's like an international crew, a little bit, right? Like the one guy has like an Australian yeah. accent. Um, there's like a British accent, I think, thrown in there too. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, though, is the captain of the space rescue crew. So Sam Neill's the the Event Horizon expert. Lawrence Fishburne's got to get his squad together to go check out like where the Event Horizon has now been spotted somewhere. And I don't know, like there's also like some NSA references. Stevie, did you catch that? Where it's like the NSA has labeled us all code black. Like it's still like the near future, right? This is still like the United States space program to some extent, which I found interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the other thing is too. I mean, Lawrence Fishburne's like character, which is like true to form as the captain, is like all about his crew. And you know, these people were on leave, and because of Doctor Satan here coming on board, they have to go to Neptune. And Lawrence Fishburne like doesn't know why, and when he finds out, you know, he's kind of on board. Not and impressed. Then we start seeing. <laughs> Yeah, and then when he starts seeing like Dr. Weir's behavior, he's like, hey, uh, something's not right here. And you can tell Lawrence Fishburne doesn't like that ship from the jump. Rightfully so. Not as much as the Australian guy, though. The Australian guy is very anti the ship from the That beginning. is probably my favorite single part of the movie when there's just like the first signs of shit being like spiritually bad. And he's like, I don't need any scientific explanations to know that I need to get the fuck out of here. I really, <laughs> I really appreciated that. Yeah, Sam Neill's like constantly rationalizing things, but like he's also playing with this like realm of science and space that like we just have no concept of, right? So he's still trying to like relate things to like Correct. concepts that he understands, like, oh, it's just like the the temperature in the cabin changing which is why there's like a ghost hand punching through the metal door it's like no dude it's the hand of hell <laughs> clearly I, I will say this too Stevie like there's a devil horn coming through that it's just yeah, the change in temperatures pitchfork coming through the thing it's, <laughs> ah yes if the if it decompresses at just the right spots it'll form this trial <laughs> I, I don't know like you said it's a bad script. I I think that it's it, it's a it's not a bad script. It's um 
derivative. I think the framework. I think the framework is lazy. Yeah, it's a little. Um, what's that? Um, trite. What's that word where you kind of just trite? Yeah, kind of copying, but not like outright. It's um, yeah. Anyway, it's not a great script. I mean, even Philip Eisner would tell you, yeah, I watched The Shining one day. I thought I should put it in space. I mean, you guys though, the high concept of us trying to like travel through the cosmos and stumbling upon like actual real hell and being this explicit it's about it. It's a great it, idea. That is that as a high concept for a script. It's awesome. Mhm. And that's not a copycat, is it? That's that's not copying off aliens. That's not what you guys are talking about, right? <laughs> no. What specifically? <laughs> that's that's what I'm getting at. What what specifically is like the shining, the shining alien ripoff to you guys? Like what are, what's the key markers for that? Well, there's a giant vat of blood that encapsulates an entire room that floods in slow motion for one. <laughs> um, the idea that. You know, the ship is alive and is the a The physical being. structure a, is against you, right? Like, Yeah, the physical structure sending mm-hmm. visions that aren't there but might be there. Um, you know, the ending of just- Descending <laughs> the madness of a person. Yeah. yeah. I think the first 30 minutes are like very alien. And I think the production design- is very alien, right? Like even kind of like the uniforms and shit. I thought the production design was amazing. Okay, yeah, it looks amazing. It looks great. I, and it looks amazing. They do kind of have like alieny uniforms, right? Like the brown kind of like I, I don't even know what you call it, like vests and like long sleeve, mm-hmm. like not army fatigues, but like, kind of. <laughs> the way Lawrence Fishburne sits in his like lazy boy <laughs> captain's chair throws me off. Though it's connected to the ceiling, like the mantis at Cedar Point or something. Dude, the mantis. At one point, he needs to leave the 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 hole or whatever it's called, the bridge. I guess he needs to leave the bridge, and he has to spin his chair all the way back around to the twelve o'clock position. Dude, before- yeah, it's like Austin Powers, Doctor Evil shit. It's- <laughs> so funny. All I asked for was a freaking rotating chair. Okay. No, Pap, I'm with you, though. Like, the production design is fantastic, especially, like, in the gravity room or whatever where that giant sphere is. That looks great. The room where um, Lawrence Fishburne and Dr. Trauma talk, and there's, like, that white tile floor, and, like, it's kind of green lit in the back. I thought that looked fantastic. Mm. There's a lot of good production design in this. The only thing I think didn't hold up is some of the CGI. Like, a couple times. No. Like, the ships don't look great. From the outside, that spinning shot made me sick. Like some of the flames look pretty crappy, but this, like, when I'm watching this, this looks like an expensive movie. Like especially in this first part, you know. Yes, it doesn't look cheap at all. The core itself mm-hmm. looks great. How does Sam Neill's body and core look to you? It's pretty decent in this movie. Show what? him off a Fit? bit. Okay, listen, everyone looks good if you pull your pants up significantly over your belly button. Like, Dude, he's got the Kylo Ren pants on. <laughs> the Fred Mertz. That square body the Fred going. Mertz pants. I love Lucy, dude. His pants are up to his nipples, basically. <laughs> That's a way to look good, though. I don't know if everyone can pull that off, Pat. <laughs> He's a he's got he's barrel chested. He's a good looking he's a good looking guy. I'll give him that. (laughs) 
also does every space movie have some kind of like like you have to hibernate to get where you're going like these guys are only going to sleep for 50 days oh that sounds so nice does it yeah but they're traveling super fast and it's because you have to be asleep in this chamber otherwise your brain would get squished by the pressure of going 30 G's, yeah, you'd die in a heartbeat. Could you imagine how rested you would feel? Mm. Factory reset, bro. 50 days of hibernation doesn't sound bad. (laughs) Did you guys hear that Aaron Rodgers, you know how he's going to do like four days in dark deprivation? Dude, it's such horseshit. No, he... He, he went to a hotel underground. It's all and he did. only lasted two days. Well, there's something to that, though. It's it's actually a really dangerous thing to do. It's solitary confinement. I'm not saying he's a wimp, but like, if you're going to do something Dude. like that, why even like talk about it? I just think that's like... I think wait, the wait, wait, record wait. is six months. That's like the TV, record. explain what Aaron Rodgers did like for the audience. Out. Okay, so like... There was that thing like six or seven years ago where J.J. Watt was like, yeah, I go to my cabin during the off season and, you know, I really just, you know, rough it like Rocky and Rocky Four, And it's like- I write an album like Bonnie Vare in the cabin in the woods. Yeah. It's like that cabin is actually a 10,000 square foot mansion. You have like six kitchens and personal chefs and Wi-Fi everywhere. It's not a cabin. That's a house that's made out of like lumber on the outside. <laughs> that's all that is. And Aaron Rodgers- like, yeah, you know, I'm going dark or whatever. The man went to a fucking hotel underground. He like Okay, so he was he's deciding if he wants to play football anymore. He's kind of an elderly quarterback at this point. Does he want to risk the injuries? Does he want to come back for the glory, try to win, win another championship? And he tells everybody on earth he's going to make his decision when he's doing dark deprivation. For four Dude, days. He's such a bitch. It's so weird. Why mention like, that? That could be part of your process, but so he thought weird. he was going into like the like hibernation chambers in this movie, but he was actually going to the core, the black pit of hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, not just that, but like <laughs> I mean, I hope like Rogers doesn't start like a fad, like that's a really dangerous thing to do, in my opinion. Like, when you go into dark deprivation like that, it's not good for your brain or your body. I remember I toured... Like, good for him, but, like, that is a very, like, not healthy thing to do. I think he went in there and was in there for, like, 24 or 26 hours, and he had some way to, like, check the time. So he checks it, and he's only been in there for, like, 10 minutes. And he's like, fuck. <laughs> and, he and he's like, fuck. <laughs> He turned on his cell phone and it's like blinded him. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, Icarus, turn it down to 3.1%, please. Because if I remember correctly, like I think the the record for actual dark deprivation is like six months. And that guy like wasn't right for a long time after that. (laughs) What were you going to say, Pat? (laughs) Sorry, I interrupted you. No, I just remember I toured like Alcatraz. Like we went to San Francisco, probably like the same year this movie came out. And there was a guy there who had spent a lot of time in solitary confinement. And he he ripped he ripped a button off of his shirt. And the game that he would play for like days and days on end is he would like flip the button somewhere in the cell and just try and find it, like find it as fast as he could. You know what I mean? Like that's like how crazy you go when you don't have any light 
or anything like that. So this is this is the kind of thing that Aaron Rodgers is going through, like mentally in this Hobbit hut, like find the button type games. How long did he last? Two days. <sighs> Pretty weak. When you, if you say <laughs> it's going to be four, and you say it on Joe Rogan or whatever, you, you better make sure it's damn well four. Well, well, I wonder what I wonder what his rhythm is at right now. Just doing it for two days. Speaking of waking up early, is like those are those jump scares, Stevie? Too much? Like, there's a couple of times in this movie. There's jump in scares? this movie, a hundred percent. There's jump scares. Oh, what, <laughs> Stevie? Jump scares? Yes. No. Creepy visuals? No, dude. Maybe. There's like times where the movie gets loud, like extremely loud from extremely quiet. Like I think one of them is like when he's waking up, like fake waking up the first time. Yeah. Like, one of them yeah. is when he's shaving and like these blinds go up. One of them is when like a yeah. hand, a glove is floating and it like taps someone on the shoulder. Oh, the Dead Space photo? That's where I think Dead Space got their cover art from is like the floating hand out in space. I Dead Space this saw movie. this game. For those of you who don't know, Dead Space is a PlayStation 3 era game. It's like the exact same yeah. plot of this, right? Like they go save a ship. It's a little There's different. Zomb- zombies yeah. versus hell. Dead demons. wife, visions, yeah. crazy monsters. The ship is alive. It's a whole thing. We eventually go from the Lewis and Clark to the Event Horizon. Stuff goes to <laughs> just get a little hay, go a little haywire. Um, I I don't know if you guys felt this way or not. Did you guys feel like every death was safe like the last like twenty minutes? It just like it all happened back to back to back to back to back really fast. There's a lot of crew to keep track of, and I feel like. I, I don't know. I feel like like a couple of them, I kind of forgot like where they were at points in time. Yeah. And, and you're right. Like it feels like a lot of those deaths like do kind of roll out. Like, do we get any like, what's the kid's name? The Justin, Mr. Justin. Yeah. Like, we should probably talk yeah. about like his like death first with the core or whatever. This is he a TV question. Die. What? Oh yeah, you're right. He doesn't die. I'm not saying he's gonna be able to come back and be normal either, but he doesn't die. At this point, Stevie, what do you think he experiences when he goes through the core? Hell. Just like Jesus did. He's literally bungee jumping through hell, Pappy. Yeah. What is hell? Like, what is it? Like, see, that's where, like, I kind of. Because it's not, it's not like the South Park hell, right? Like, there's not like flames and like Saddam Hussein and like. I don't know, man. There's a lot of Latin and blood. (laughs) I don't know. It is kind of like that, actually. What do you mean? Like it's people getting physically in this movie. It's there a- is people like intestines getting ripped up by like other people while they're laughing and screaming. It was it was kind of like, like fast like-, like shots of worms too, but it's like all a lot of quick cuts. Hell is just a bunch of quick cuts of creepy things. Part of me really wishes that like when it came to that like time like space terror, that like the beacon signal was like sent from like the original crew back to themselves, if that makes sense. And it was kind of like an endless loop of like what hell would be. Oh shit, that's good. Like that to me is like a lot more fun than like another crew finding another crew. I think like having a signal like go back, like pretty much through space time 
to like what sent them out originally. It almost be like what came first, the chicken or the egg. That to me would be a lot of fun. That'd be cool if they like, if everything's breaking down and there's a moment of hope where they're like, hey, mm-hmm. we have, we can get, we can get this signal off and we didn't know we could and maybe mm-hmm. we'll get saved. And kind of as like they're pressing enter, the realization of like, this is the signal that we, we this heard. is a signal that we got, and we sent it send to the ourselves. Send a signal in Latin. Oh shit! <laughs> like that to me is that's fun, but you know that's that's hindsight twenty twenty type stuff. I don't know about how you guys feel about that. I think in this movie, what it's saying is that hell a is a real physical place, mm-hmm. and that if you could time travel in the way that Sam Neil describes, like wormholing from plane to plane realm to realm existence to existence whatever you want to call it if you roll the dice enough times and in this case they rolled the dice once and they landed in the actual hell (laughs) so it's like another earth but everyone's just like torturing each other here like everyone's going crazy and kind of torturing themselves that seems to be part of it too and Mm -hmm. honestly like it goes so far as to show like people being flayed i think there's children being tortured i'm sure there's rape happening in the background (laughs) there's fire everywhere like if you've seen the south park with the animals that like have the orgy and then like sacrifice one of them yes 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 it is it's very similar to that. that. Woodland Critter, Chris. <laughs> I literally had that exact same note, Josh. <laughs> Blood orgy from South Park. It is. It's terrible. But like the physical manifestation of hell, like or like the hallucinations that they have on the event horizon, the ship itself are like personalized to them, right? Like the one lady sees her kid who has health issues with like rotting legs, right? And Lawrence Fishburne has his mm-hmm. whole flashback of the guy who he let what what happens to that guy like he burns with like he there's only there's only four pods and there was five and he let the other guy burn to death i'm telling you it was his voice i heard he was calling to me a young bosun named eddie cork we served on the goliath together when the o2 tanks ruptured Four of us made it to the lifeboat, but Cork was still on board the Goliath when the fire broke out. You ever seen fire in zero gravity? It's beautiful. It's like liquid. It slides all over everything. Comes up in waves. And they just kept hitting him. Wave after wave. He was screaming for me to save him. What did you do? I did the only thing I could. I closed the lifeboat hatch and I left him behind. I swore I'd never lose another man. Is that true with fire? Is that really how fire is in zero gravity? I have no idea. It's beautiful. I have a question for you guys. If that happened to you, there's these beautiful flames burning like your crewmate to death. <laughs> He's calling for your help. Like, what do you actually do physically? Get in the pod. No, I know. Th- oh, I think we're all under the assumption you have to do the right thing. Four people survive. You got to leave somebody behind. But do you just put 
your eyes at the glass and like watch him? Do you try to like mouth it's going to be okay? Do you like bury your head in the sand? Like what are you actually doing for real if this is happening? Is time of the essence? Like do I have to get off this ship no, quickly? It's, it's like you're just waiting for the pod to release and he's there burning to death and you can either look in the window or not. <sighs> I'm the captain. I'm Lawrence Fishburne in this. Yeah. You got to look, right? You got to be there for him. You got to put your little hand up to the glass and be like, I got you. Uh, that seems kind of like, that seems patronizing. <laughs> you got just hand like, up to the glass. Oh, you're going to put your hand out? I'm on fire, you ass. <laughs> Fine, like, I'll stare at my feet. I'll look yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, that's what you should be doing. We, just look away. We brought up Derbs and his. What is that movie called? Paradise. Return uh, to Paradise. <laughs> yeah. Isn't like the whole point of that movie is like Joaquin before he's executed. It's like he's appreciates that he's seen or something mm-hmm. by Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Vince Vaughn's there. He's like, I see you, brother. And Joaquin Phoenix stops like horrifyingly screaming. Lewis. Lewis. These are two pretty scary movies for Doug. <laughs> Scarring. So fire, fire in zero gravity is really pretty. Are there videos of it? Like real? Like, yeah, you got a link. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It, it, it's really pretty. Send that. Mm. Would you? Would it hit you like waves? It, like, it, do you think? It looks orbish. It almost looks like sometimes like like snaky, if that makes sense. Like it kind of bends and moves like a snake. It's really neat. Do you wish that this ship would have like lost gravity again at some point? Because I got so excited, Stevie, because that's almost like a dead space element too, like where sometimes they can like oh, jump yeah. from wall to wall in dead space. Like they like they really abandoned the zero gravity on the event horizon way too fast really quick didn't bring it back like when you see like ecto when you see like ecto and like coolant like floating see the hand floating through and like a body moving around you're like oh my god like you know this could be like some cool stuff going on here and they abandoned it now don't get me wrong seeing the frozen body like fall to the ground and shatter that was pretty cool i I did like that sub-zero wins (laughs) yeah exactly Fatality. I mean, would it have just worked better if Sam Neill saw himself floating through that hall and when someone hits a zero gravity button, it like shatters and like goes into a million pieces? And he's like dealing with that the rest of the movie before he loses his mind. I think it would have been way better if it loops. Like I'm not a huge fan of like the ending of this movie, to be totally honest. Like it doesn't do a lot for me. It loops again. It's the same thing. Does hell keep expanding after this? Like what is what is the is hell the actual ooze? You know what I mean? Or is it like through that portal and so now the ship is hell it's the entire ship it's the entire ship so it's like uh, justin gonna be okay is it though 
Yes. It's literally explained in the beginning where she's like looking for biological readings and she's scanning the entire ship and the entire <laughs> ship comes up as alive and she's like, it's not working right. Something's really funky going on. I don't get it. Like you can blow up half of it, but it's just half of it. The other half is still like, hey, we're rocking and rolling down here in Hades. Let's keep it going. So the ship like possesses people basically. But it also can create... The ship got possessed, and now the ship is alive, and now kills people for fun. <laughs> How does Samuel get his eyes back? He gouges, <laughs> <laughs> he gouges his eyes out, and he gets them back. What's up with that? Dude, I think that was a quick fixer-upper if I've ever seen one in like, my oops. life. <laughs> no. I think there was a whoopsie in production and they had to throw that line, the ship brought me back. Like, that to me seems like a quick fixer-upper if I've ever seen one. His eyes got medicine, my lord. (laughs) (laughs) Say what you will about hell, but the uh, optometry care is all free there. (laughs) Fix your eyes right up. No cost. Can you guys explain something to me? I want to know this. We try. Because I'm, I'm still trying to like wrap my brain around the movie kind of for all this time. Mm-hmm. There's a scene at the end where Larry Fishburne and Sam Neill are having a fist fight with the worst punch sound effects you'll ever hear in a movie. I mean, it sounds like bad, bad. And like Sam Neill grabs Larry by the head and starts showing him visions and Lawrence Fishburne's like, they're not dead. And I, can you guys explain that to me? I don't get it. Like, like, what's going on there? Lawrence Fishburne says they're not dead? Yeah, he's like, they're not dead. And Sam Neill's like, no, they're not. But they're going to be like in hell with me or something. I don't get it. Because he's showing him visions of people getting tortured left and right. It's like the other crew members? Like, like- Yeah, the other crew members, yeah. So if one of them they show is like Justin, the youngest member on the crew. Right. And he shows them a vision of Justin getting tortured in hell. Lawrence Fishburne is basically saying that's fake shit. No cap. Right. No total cap. But right. yeah. No, yeah, then then yeah, devil's like, yes, cap. <laughs> I can't I so when that I just I'm watching the montage again, Stevie. Like I can't make out who's who in that. Like I see Lawrence Fishburne saying they're not dead, they're not dead. But like I, I couldn't tell who that was as it was happening. I mean, I would assume that he's talking Agreed. about. I think Jason Isaacs has like a pole through his like throat or it's something. It's all too fast though. Like all of those, like I don't know, it's like happening way too fast. It's like, and they're all like got like weird makeup on too. So it's like even watching it back now, it's tough to to tell who's who. And I don't see Cooper in there, and Cooper's one of the ones who's not dead, which. That's a weird character, right? Like, I feel like his, like, opening, like, kind of, like, come online to Peter's where he's like, do you want something hot and black inside of you? Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's a little bit of sexual harassment. You know what I mean? Like, I'm surprised that he made it. You know, like, watching a movie now, like, he would not be the kind of character who makes it to the end after saying that. It's locker room talk, Pap. It's just locker room mm-hmm. talk. I mean, it's like he's running for president or anything. I think we're officially at the most rewound part <laughs> on the YouTube video, Pappy. 
Wait, is yours at 102? Yes. Okay. Didn't you just basically describe it? Like they're showing people getting tortured left and right. Like the first time they show torture is when they unscramble the TV signal they got from mm-hmm. the, like log book or something. And this is the most replayed part. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, for some reason, me and Pappy's sick minds also both replayed it because we're terrible people, apparently. I've watched this YouTube video a million times. It's wild that like while they're watching this too, we should mention that like in the background of the ship, there's like a skull sealed to the wall with like blood and flesh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just that's like the environment that they're in as they're watching this. <laughs> that is yeah, it's very like someone alien-esque, like tried like like using like intestines and blood and flesh as like soil on the walls. It's it, it's kind it of cool looks like design. Dead Space, Stevie. You know what I mean? Like those are the kind of things you see in oh, like the exactly corners of a room like in Dead Space. But hey, Josh, just just so you know, Pappy absolutely hated playing Dead Space. It's so me. scary. I don't like scary video games. I can't. That's too much. Like, <laughs> do you like them, Josh? Wait, do I like what? Scary video games, like a jump scare video game? No, no. Like Gears of War is like the scariest I get. It's not that scary. I understand people finding them super entertaining. I get it, but man, I can't deal with it. My poor heart, you know? Not when I'm by myself. That's way too much. Since democracy has decided that this is the most rewindable, replayable part, do you want (laughs) to walk through some of this frame by frame, what happens in the hellscape that they see? Because this is like a preview into what hell is, right? Shit. Any coffee? Yeah, it is cold. All right. The first thing is the captions say woman screaming and it's somebody with a bunch of blood on their face screaming. The next one um, is a man being held down and it looks like his poor little intestines are being ripped out. Number three is a person. He looks like he's at the command center of the ship, but he, he or she or they are being bent right over that command center table. Something bad's happening. Um, mm. <laughs> the next one is a guy either putting his own fist or someone else shoving their fist deep, deep into his esophagus. Oh my God. It's very disturbing. And then <clears throat> this is probably the last one I'll do. I don't know how many of there more there are. There's like guy kind of getting his face ripped off and then like a pike gets shoved through the back of his head. Um, there's a couple more things with like eyeballs but that's what people on YouTube like to rewind and what Pappy like to rewind
What's happening with the woman screaming at this frame here? The first one, it's wild. I was gonna say the guy with the eyeballs looks like uh, pa- Jason Isaacs. Pan's Labyrinth. You know, the guy who holds his eyeballs. That's kind of the vibes <laughs> that I <laughs> that I got. So is this the Christian hell? Like, is this like literally like that hell? You think, or is this just like another dimension where it's like the upside down, where like good is bad type thing? Dude, if you're speaking Latin. Um, Ooh, good point. That's that's pretty Catholic hell, bro. I mean, the Latin does make it seem more, yeah, religious, spooky. Oh my god, that dude's missing all of his teeth, and then he has a, a you know entire arm going through his mouth. Good god! I was just gonna say the the gnashing of teeth is a part of the Christian hell as well. Um, do you have any arguments against that, Pappy? I don't know. No, I mean it seems it seems to be. I would just say like the only thing would be is no one on the crew is bad. You know what I mean? Like even in like aliens, like the Marines are kind of like rough around the edges or like mean to each other. Like there's no one like in a slasher movie, like the person who has sex dies. You know what I mean? There's like there's none of that. Like all these seem like pretty good people. Like even the ones who end up dying like the mom who has the terminally ill kid like she seems super nice and her death is mm-hmm. fucking insane like she like falls and falls on a spike or something like i don't even know it's horrific the only thing i didn't like about that scene at all I was like, it's one thing to show her like fall through the hole like chasing after her kid but then the camera pans back up at the kid like he's been there the entire time and shows him walking away. Yeah, I he don't likes, get it. He like smirks. <laughs> he like smirks. Like we're like, oh, there's the villain. He got away again. And it's like, no, he's not there. I don't know. You know what I mean, though, Josh? Is like no one. If it is hell, it's like now these people deserve what's happening to them, which I find interesting. That's why I'm saying like Cooper kind of like sexually harasses this woman and he's one of the ones who ends up living to the end it's just surprising well kind of living isn't that like the lesson of the movie it's like uh man's expansion into science fraught right like can't control (laughs) everything we do everything we create like we have to be wary of and so I think the idea is like if they would have just stuck to Earth, they could have like lived normal lives. And Sam Neill just had to do those movies where scientists were dabbling in things they shouldn't have been dabbling in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that scene where he's describing the space-time wormhole is a lot like when he's describing in Jurassic Park about the yep <laughs> the tur- the turkeys that are really scary. Hits a lot of the same beats. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe dinosaurs have more in common with present-day birds than they do with reptiles. Look at the pubic bone, turned backward, just like a bird. Look at the vertebrae, full of air sacs and hollows, just like a bird. And even the word raptor means bird of prey. That doesn't look very scary. More like a six-foot turkey. 
Relativity, yes, we can't break the law of relativity. We can go around it. The ship doesn't really go faster than light. What it does is it creates a dimensional gateway that allows it to jump instantaneously from one point of the universe to another light years away. How? Well, it's, it's difficult to, it's all math. Try us, Doctor. Right, well, um, using layman's terms, try to imagine yourself in the Cretaceous period. You get your first look at this six-foot turkey as you enter a clearing. He moves like a bird, lightly bobbing his head. And you keep still because you think that maybe his visual acuity is based on movement, like T-Rex. He'll lose you if you don't move, but no, not Velociraptor. You stare at him, and he just stares right back until the space-time curvature becomes infinitely large and you produce a singularity. Now, a singularity... Layman's terms. Well, fuck layman's terms. Do you speak English? Um, imagine for a minute that this piece of paper... Oh, excuse me. Uh, that's Vanessa and that's mine. Uh, this attractive piece of paper represents space-time and you want to get from point A here to point B there. Now, what's the shortest distance between two points? A straight line. Wrong. <laughs> the shortest distance between two points is zero, and that's what the gateway does. It folds space so that point A and point B coexist in the same space and time. When the spacecraft passes through the gateway, space returns to normal. That's when the attack comes, not from the front, but from the side. From the other two raptors, you didn't even know were there. While we're on the Sam Neill, though, you brought this up pre-pod. The scene where he's like the bags scene. Does that like freak you guys out seeing that? Like seeing someone in a pool of blood? Because I feel like it's starting to unironically be scary. And I, I, it's just weird. Like it felt like The Shining. Well, you know what I mean? Like when like the dog is giving the blowjob to the butler or something it's like this weird sex mixed with violence and i just don't know if i'm like there with this movie well i mean it's like it's like glorifying suicide which is nice no definitely not you yeah. know it's not like one of those like netflix shows that just has to go out of its way to glorify it um but it's a big reveal in the movie right like because like you're wondering you see sam neill's wife the whole time you see what's her face yeah claire i think is her name and i guess i'm just like uh uh He's just like an 80s dad from a movie. You know what I mean? He worked too hard and neglected his family. It's like, eh, I guess. Yeah, and plus I think it's like one of those things too where it's supposed to be like horrifying to the main character. You know what I mean? Like not to us, but like to the main character. Kind of like reliving that all over again. I think the movie is kind of trying to be artsy, especially in that moment. Like if it wanted to be gruesome, could show like blood spurting. But it has this like really weird cut where it like shows the bathtub that's like red, like from kind of symmetrical angles from straight up top to bottom. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. more like uh, showing the shapes of it instead of like the gritty detail of it. It's kind of part of a dream sequence, but that doesn't stop them later from showing. And maybe Stevie, you can talk about this somebody being hung by hooks i'd imagine this is probably the worst thing for young stevie to see 
the hooks? Well, I'll tell it this way. When old Stevie saw it in theaters, when he went to go see Midsommar, um, he wasn't appalled. Uh, so I guess you could say like I was kind of like desensitized by this movie. But yeah, young Stevie seeing, um, you know, Dr. Weir go all in on the arts and crafts section of the movie. And I don't know how the hell he had time to do this, but pretty much flayed uh, Lucius Malfoy. And um, yeah, hung him up by, what do you call it, steel wire? Space hooks. Space hooks, yeah. It was, um, yeah, that was kind of gruesome to see. I'll, I'll put it this way, though. The fact that like he wasn't breathing probably was like the best for young me. Just so, and I, that was a little freaky seeing that in Midsommar, to see like people actually like breathing, being hung up by hooks. And bled out that way, but is there a shot like that in seven yeah. too, where someone's hung like that? Or am I making that up? There's a shot like that in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like the newer one. Mm. There is. Yeah, one of the guys like is hung up on his back for like a while on a hook, and I think his like legs are like cut off. Oh yeah, Jessica Biel has to like Jessica Biel has to like carry him off, right? No, I think she mercy kills him. She tries to get him off, oh, really? but can't, and she just like stabs him in the heart or something. I think right, Oof. right in. Bee Wolf probably knows. Did Sam Neil take Malfoy's eyes? Is that how he gets eyes back? Ooh, ooh. Let's go with that. That's disgusting. Well, but but how is he back though? He's back. <laughs> he did fly man, out into space, dude. It, 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 it's the vibe. <laughs> like that man, would work, Stevie. Like, if your if your whole hypothesis was true that this whole thing was like looping, then that would make perfect sense, right? That would be amazing, Stevie. Honestly, like that would be so much better. Like the, to like send a beacon to yourself. Like they start the movie when they're coming out of stasis, and they're like, you know, like and they're trying to figure out like what their mission is. Like, what's our mission again? Like, you know what I mean? That would be mm-hmm. so amazing. Yeah, that to me is a little stronger than just crew finds another crew finds another crew finds another crew. Like, I get it, but I just I don't think it's great story wise. But um, yeah, if Sam Neill is gonna fly out of a cross into space. Like, just let it be. Let it the fuck be. If he's going to come back, don't give him eyes. I mean, once again, Pap, I think there was a lot of whoopsies on the editing table of like, Jesus Christ, what are we doing here? The cross was very like, oh, I guess Sam Neill's the Christ-like character and the Satan-like character of this movie. But it, yeah, How that definitely- the like, Christ-like character? I don't know. Flying away on a cross. He died for our sins, yeah. man. It's the vibe. <laughs> it's the vibe. <laughs> Do you think though he that like Cooper? Did you feel like that like Cooper's like? We should mention that Cooper, the guy who lives to the end, who like harassed the girl at the beginning. He's got this whole like comedic, like, like you know what I mean? Like like while all of the shits like hitting the fan, he's kind of lightening the mood a little bit. You know what I mean? Like trying to figure his own. When he got shot, it was my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> it just made me laugh so hard. <laughs> Which part? Like the fact that he got shot. 
when he's like flying up on the window and he's like, oh shit and Samuel just shoots him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just made me laugh so hard. I don't know. I just feel like this movie is trying to be like super serious and scary at that point. I, I don't know. Like, did you like Cooper in this part, Josh? Like, I appreciate it because it's fun, but I feel like this movie is, I don't know, trying to be really scary. It's kind of undercutting that part. I think you're right, but for me, I appreciated the undercutting because Same. I, yeah. I don't want to be scared, so it's nice to have that break. And further, I would say my expectation was not that he would live to the end. In fact, both of the two that lived at the end, I thought were going to be the first two to die. If I were making Vegas bets about 10, 15 minutes into the film. We got Cooper, who's the comic relief. At least he's a character, right? Like he's got like personality. I can't tell you shit about the other one. Like what's her name? Peters? Is that her? Stark? Thanks. So. Like describe describe Peters without describing the way she looks. Do the Mr. Plinkett test. Can't do tell it. Tell me one thing about Peters as a character. She wears a hat. It's it's Stark <laughs> she- that lives to the end, by the way. Stark? I see, I don't even know her name. And she looks a lot like Laura Dern. Dude, young me thought that was Laura Dern. Because of Sam Neill? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Peter says the kid, Stark lives at the end. Like, yeah, Stark's like a non-character. Like, Are there like any well-written like female characters in this movie at all? There's not many female characters. I mean, I, I, I like the- There's three. I like the Peter's one, the one who has the son. Like, it's kind of pathetic, though, for... I mean, it's not pathetic, because I'm sure, like, it's happened, but, like, Sam Neill's entire... Like, his wife's entire arc is... She, you know, he doesn't pay enough attention to her, so he kill, she kills herself. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, one of them, I think it's Peter's, has a terminally ill kid, and that's what causes her death. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, all we ever know about her is, oh, she's... And she's divorced, and, like, they share a custody. And she's divorced. Yeah. She seems caring. Yeah. She's, like, a nurse or doctor... She's tough. Well, that's she fine, sticks but... with her job no matter what. You know what I mean? She's getting uh-huh. freaked out by all this yeah. stuff. And then there's Laura Dern Jr. or Diet Laura Dern, who is just like I appeal for the movie. There's nothing. She's the good-looking one. There's nothing else to her. Yeah, she's the good-looking yeah. one. There's nothing else to her. That's it's shallow to say the least. Mm-hmm. All three of them are good-looking, though. No, no, no. That's true. But she's yeah. Like Stevie said, she's like she's the um, what do you call the uh, what's the girl that the final girl? She's the final girl. They give her a hat. So that way she has personality. She's the one in the hat, and she looks smart. <laughs> yeah, dude. To be fair, we have been talking about how all of the characters in this and dialogue in this movie is a little bit flawed, and and most of the men are hot too. Let's be fair. No, no, totally. Ways. Yeah, I think. Like you said, Josh, it's an amazing concept, but this movie does get tripped up in some of those details, like a little bit of the dialogue, the characters. I don't even say like I don't, it's hard to say like the pacing. I like that it's a slow roll, but like there's something still weird about like how long it takes to get going. Like I, I don't know, um, and not just that, but like if you're going to do a movie like this where it's slow roll. And you're not like, I'm a big fan of dread movies, Pap. You know that? Like, I love dread. Like, if a movie tells me, like, I can tell from an instant this is a dread movie. Great moment of dread when Sam Neill's like walking up to the swivel chair 
you know, in his dream and ends up being mm-hmm. his wife. Like, yeah, that's building dread, like suspense. But that's they only do that kind of stuff once. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of that. That's like the final frame in the first Dead Space game is going up to your dead wife. But mm. um, yeah, fun stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And my whole thing is you can't start a movie off with like scary music. Like like this type of movie, you're, you're going to slow roll. You can't give it like super scary movie to begin with. Like, oh, this is a scary movie. It's like you really have to build that up with the story. You can't start off like that. Otherwise, it just it kind of deflates the entire purpose. All right, before we get into yes or no, do you guys have any final thoughts? Um, did you like the look of the final version of Sam Neill um, when he's naked and got all of the cuts all over his body? I'd have liked it if he didn't have eyes. <laughs> Never seen Sam Neill like that, though. Like, I don't know. You think he's a good bad guy? I thought he's a... He's a fantastic bad guy. I thought he was okay. Yeah. I thought he was a fantastic bad guy. And, like, I just... I, like... I know we kind of, like, shit on, like, the suicide scene. Not shit on it, but, like, you know, could have been done better. But I'm a big fan of, like, the outcut of, like, going right to Sam Neill gouging his eyes out. I, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like a smart like pairing. You know, you're gonna go for something that's like not elegant but kind of clean looking and you know symmetrical. It's just the chaos of Sam Neill gouging his eyes out. I thought that was a smart decision. My last note is that I just think this is a better Christian movie than Kurt Cameron's Fireproof could ever hope to be. <sighs> You want fire and brimstone? Got it, mister. <laughs> Is that the one where, like, he almost dies because he's, like, by the railroad? No, it's the one where he... Uh, maybe you're right. But basically, I think there's, he's... like, a buddy that, like, almost dies next to him and they're, like, by the railroad. It's, like, something, like, gets deflected and, like, they hit a helmet. It's, like... And there's... Is that the one where he, like, writes letters to his wife or something? No. It, this movie, he is a... Fi- or his wife, like, has an affair or something? Nope. Um, he's just a fireman who watches porn sometimes. Good God. Wait, really? Wait. Future spoilers. Does he go to hell for that? <laughs> and it's it's not just a word. It's a reality. And I will <laughs> oh, show <shit>. you. <laughs> What uh the Sam Neill line where I think Lawrence Fishburne's like I, I forget, he's like berating Sam Neill, like yelling at him, they're at odds at this point. He's like, We gotta get home, blah blah blah. And Sam Neill goes, I'm already home and slinks back into the shadows. <laughs> Homer Simpsons. Dude, what a great scene. What a great scene. <laughs> it's so good. Or just like the idea that someone could remove an explosive and put it on the other ship without anybody noticing is hysterical. <laughs> What was it's like I don't think those things are probably easy to like to defuse and disarm and carry like someone will probably see that or hear it. It's just got like a switch that you can flip on it from like detonated remotely to you can just program in a time mm-hmm. and drop it off. What was the line that you said earlier though, Stevie? The one that you really liked. It's like 
Where we're going. Where we're going. We don't need eyes to see. That's good. Do you guys kind of think, and I'm glad I waited till the very end of the pod to bring this up, that maybe as much as we don't like this person, Kevin Spacey might have been the perfect casting for this. Sam Neill character. Dr. Weir? Yeah. 110%. I literally thought that too. Yeah. Backing into the shadows, him with the no eyes, him being bald. Like, it, all that weird shit just seems to fit him but more. And him being Satan. I think Kurt Russell turned down, turned down Dr. Weir. I gotta be honest, I don't know if this is Samuel's best. Like, the, the movies that we've done with Samuel on this pod, what, Hunt for the Wilder People? Hick! Uh, Jurassic Park, obviously. <laughs> Like other than like the new Jurassic Park, the new new one, like I feel like this is the worst one I've seen him in. You're you're right, Josh. Like I, I feel like a Kevin Spacey, someone like a little bit more creepy. You know what I mean? What about Hugo Weaving? Oof. Matrix Connection. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was thinking even like Anthony Hopkins or something. Like he would have been too old, but like that kind of vibe. Brian Cox in Manhunter vibe. That would have given us. Two scenes in cinema history where Hugo Weaving grabs Lawrence Fishburne by the head and like <laughs> on his deathbed with Lawrence Fishburne just like shaking and vibing, vibing out to it. I am inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hugo Weaving would have been amazing. All right, let's go into yes or no's. Josh, start us off. Hello, this is Josh from Goshen, and I will give Event Horizon a yes. Let's go. Honestly, I've I feel like I've I've talked a lot during this pod. It's all been laid out on the table, I think, to show hell in a realistic way and be so brutal about it is pretty crazy and gross, but interesting it's gonna stick with me for a while for better for worse um but it kind of scares the living shit out of you like any good christian (laughs) media should do so um i don't know i i just enjoyed it It, a lot of the editing made it not as scary as i think it could have been kind of goes by in a flash but it's just a fun movie i'll give it a yes This is Pappy. Uh, I'll also give it a pretty solid yes. Um, it's not a perfect movie, but I find this to be a very enjoyable movie to watch, despite how like scary some of the themes are and how gruesome some of the imagery is. I think like some of the gruesome imagery is kind of like awesome. <laughs> it's kind of cool when you're seeing it, um, and it feels like. 
a classic sci-fi story in a lot of ways. Like, like I said, like some of the details, like some of the dialogue trips up. Like I think there's like probably too many crew members or like we're trying to keep track of too many crew members for too long. But there's something like, I don't know, kind of elegant about the story of like they just kind of opened up hell and it's the descent into madness. Like, I don't know. It feels very just like a classic sci-fi story that you would have to read in like high school or something. Um, I will say though, like the movie that Stevie pitched the, this is a loop and they're, they're already stuck in hell. And this is just part of hell. That would be like a hard, hard yes movie, but I really enjoyed event horizon derbs. Glad you brought it up randomly in our DMs. Derbs. Um, and you know what? We shit on it, but I thought the Adam Sandler uh, comedy albums podcast is pretty good. There's a lot of work. It's like a three-hour pod. I enjoyed it, but solid yes for Event Horizon. Awesome. I will also um, give us a pretty solid yes. As the holiest man on the podcast. Um, Ooh, fighting words for Josh. No, Brett's, hey. Brett's the one that hates to hear it. He's like, I have more sacraments than you. <laughs> I have more, okay. and I doubt okay. that he was at mass. I doubt he was at mass this past Wednesday during lunch. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, this movie does like scare the living shit out of me, just kind of the concept of it freaks me the hell out and <sighs> this movie to me is almost like could you imagine if like this was made today mm. like what we could get out of it if we were in good hands like give me just a 10 episode HBO series of event fucking horizon like I don't care how much it would cost, but god damn would that be a masterpiece. Just one season. Your guys is, you guys call, I don't want to interrupt your yes or no, Stevie. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I just think you called this movie a slow roll with that. I think if there's 10 episodes in HBO, there's like a little hint in episode one, but hell isn't even like thought of until like no, seven it's or eight. Episode or eight. Yeah. Seven or yeah. eight. Yeah. It's way down the line. Like that's. That to me is like, that's dream stuff right there. Like, give me 10 episodes of Event Horizon because there's so much meat here, but there's like, you can't eat it all in, you know, an hour and 37 minutes. You just can't. You need to really (laughs) space this stuff out. Like, there's a lot of meat and bones here. Like, it's, there's a lot here. There's a lot to work with. And I think even if you call it, you know, it is, you know, kind of trite, like shining in space, cool. With good hands, like great directors, especially television directors, you know, put Mason in the chairs, writer or showrunner, and then give us, you know, at least two great actors. You could really have something cooking there. You got a stew going at that point. But um, I love the production of this movie a shit ton, especially when Sam Neill's crawling through the green cr- uh, corridors. Oh, yeah. That's so good. The greenlit vents, I mean... As much as like you want to take like sit, kind of knock on this movie, I promise you, I could name at least one movie that took directly from that scene, and it's like what it looks like. And I was, it's just fun to watch. It's fun to look at. And Josh, I'm kind of with you. Just the high concept of going to the outer realms of space and finding actual, 
you know, Latin Catholic hell is kind of terrifying. You know, it's a great idea. Is it the greatest, you know, was this movie done the greatest? No, but I just love the concepts and it's a 90s movie that I hold near and dear to my heart. So I'll give this a solid yes. Had you seen this in between being a young child and Yes. Yeah, I watched it about seven years ago. Nice. Yeah, um I went back to it just because you know, I I do love space travel. I do like the idea of that. And plus, kind of the abstract thought of, you know, creating your own black holes. Like artificial, you know, your own artificial black holes is it's pretty gosh darn funny. We're, but we are doing that currently with the Higgs boson particle. Like, are we actually creating black holes? They're like they're super tiny black holes that just like last for an instant and dissipate. And they're studying them. Yep, that's a big part of what the the hydron collider is. I think that's what it's called. Hydron hell. The hadron hadron. Dude, what is the Latin that he says? It's so freaky. It's like, Desperate mate done. It's so terrifying. <laughs> Damn it. Dude, Latin is nothing to like mess around with. Can I give you guys a vibe, vibe check, Stevie? Sure. Say it's 1997 and you are like a 27-year-old Elkhart RV guy with a convertible. <laughs> It's like 70 degrees out, top down, and you think, movie would be nice. You don't even have a cell phone or anything. <laughs> you just pull in to Encore, and you're like, oh, Event Horizon. You see a guy in a spacesuit, and you go into this movie. Sounds pretty cool. <laughs> but, oh my gosh, could you imagine getting treated to Event Horizon at that space and time? It's quite frankly amazing sounding. That's so. Here's the thing. It's got like a six point six on IMDb. It's got a thirty five Metascore. Like I feel like, like Event Horizon wasn't was it universe? Like how did critics take Event Horizon? Stevie, do you know? I can do some googling. Oh, it was it was lambasted. Dude. No one like liked Event Horizon. Yeah, like I feel like we like like to be a preserved movie <laughs> is like outside of the. Norm. I think this is a cult movie. Yeah, I I think like this movie does have a cult following, just because I mean. Like I even brought this up on um, what was the last on Sunshine where I think it was Corey who asked me, you know, what's the most important thing to you in a sci-fi movie? And to me, it's always going to be cinematography. Like, and that's like the winning part of this movie, in my opinion, is a cinematography of this movie outside of the, you know, rotating grid ship. To me, it's that I would be so itchy if I wouldn't be able to like talk to you guys about this movie after I've seen it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I had to talk to friends or decompress about this movie. And I think that's a good, good sign of a good sci-fi movie is that 
you just got these like thoughts going through your brain that you need to process or something. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, I mean, what a great way to start off a movie with, you know, the entire cast and crew because he doesn't want to do that. But how about turning that black hole into an eyeball? Was that not great? At the end? No, at the beginning. You might have. You don't notice that? Explain, sir. So, like at the very beginning of this movie, one second here. I'm I'm watching it back too. Yeah, yeah. Let's see if I can find it. It forms into what appears to be an eyeball. So the Paramount Mountain. And that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. The Paramount, it like it shows the mountain, and instead of like a cut, it like pans to the stars. So it's like a continuous mm-hmm. thing. It's pretty cool. Do you see what I'm saying, Pap, about the eyeball? I see it like, looks like an eyeball a little bit. Yeah, and like the hallway is kind of like an eyeball too. No, that is I'm it? At it? And plus like that giant like gravity sphere looks like an eyeball. And they transition to it, um, that gravity like wave sphere that kind of looks like the iris in the eye at one point. It's, it's I got pretty, you. Pretty uh, like something's like watching us type. Then deal. it goes from the guy screaming's mouth to Sam Neill's eyeball too. Like, to mm-hmm. So, yeah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> kind of like something's watching over us that's bigger than us type deal. Satan, perhaps. I'm glad we gave Paul regular Anderson three yeses. <laughs> do you want me to do Paul a trivia, Stevie? Because I have one ready. I do. <laughs> Please do. This is a trivia like no other ever. I, last time I said that, we did D&D. It's nothing like that. <laughs> um. This movie is basically about hell, and we all uh, know about uh, Dante? Dante's hell. Your job is to tell me what the number is. If you, so you know how there's nine circles of hell. Let's start from the beginning. Correct. Right. I'm gonna give you two different circles, and the numeric <sighs> value of each you must multiply against each other and that's the number for the win okay does that make sense i used to know these so well yes so uh lust and violence and stevie since you're the holiest on the pod would do you want to go first or second i'll just give you the option so i'm multiplying Lust. Lust times violence. (laughs) I should have just said that at the beginning. (laughs) And like Can I can I go can I go second? Yes. And I think right now you guys should say it's up to you. Do you just want to say number or show your work a little bit? I'll say number, but I'll explain it after and I want to give it away. Fair enough. I'm gonna say twenty-four. I don't think it's that high because I think lust was kind of low. Um, and plus, like Josh in Inferno, there's like rings with inside like the circles, right? There's like contos. There's like rings. Yeah, something. there's like rings inside the circles. Sub rings. Uh, yeah, there's like sub rings within them. And you gotta remember, like this was kind of like a political book where. Dante was just throwing people he fucking hated in there. 
And like those people were like, we're alive. It was kind of hysterical. Like what? Like, like what do you mean? Who did he hate? Like mayors that he thought were like full of shit. Or like other writers that he was like rivals He's with. like in there getting their head devoured by a different journalist or something. Oh yeah, or they were like in the in like the river of sticks, like getting drowned. Or like in the in the uh in the pond of pitch. Was Dante like a like lusty like guy? That. Is he like, Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's a first ring. Hey, yeah. No, I yeah, so I know violence is not the highest and I know lust is like near the bottom. So, 18? I think Lust was third, and I think Violence was six, but I can't remember off the top of my head. How, how would you show your math, Pat? I was going to do, like, I think they were both pretty bad. I, I think the deepest one, there's seven circles, right? Yeah. Nine? nine. Or, yeah, nine. The nine? I thought nine was, like, for traitors or something like that. Treachery, yeah. nine. So I thought just like two mid, two middling ones. You know what I mean? Like violence might be like five, six, seven, and lust might be like five, six in there. See, I have lust at three and violence at six, but violence is pretty bad. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I don't think it was like the worst. So one, I think suicide was five. Maybe I can't remember. There's a lot of circles of hell. In this one is limbo. Yeah. And that's almost just like, almost like purgatory, but a little worse or something. Limbo is just like being at the airport waiting to get on your plane. That's that's, <sighs> that's really bad though. But Stevie, treachery, you're right, is the ninth. And I don't. I'm not trying to drag the pot on, but do you understand? Like, what exactly is treachery? It's like sins against God. But like, what does that even really mean? Like Judas, right? That's. Like you yeah, have to betray so like, Jesus in the flesh personally to be sent to the ninth. Listen, it's a very customized <laughs> circle. Dude. Satan Satan follows five people. It's <laughs> Judas, Khan, or mind. Judas and four <laughs> other people. <laughs> so what's the answer, Josh? No, Stevie, I don't know. I'm asking you, man. Treachery, what the hell is it? Oh, what is treachery? Yeah, what does it mean in, in the case of Dante? I always thought it was like the ultimate betrayal. So I just remember reading this. I think I read it twice. And that's like the frozen lake where Satan is upside down, right? It's like some anti-gravity thing when they get to Satan, right? So I always thought that like... Selling out someone. Treachery. I always thought treachery exactly is selling out like your best friends or the ones that you hold like nearest and dear. Like that's like the ultimate treachery is like severing those bonds. Like you're so bad that you would treat your enemies poorly, but you would also treat your most loved poorly too. Worse. You treat your most loved worse. Yeah, especially if it came down to like you versus them. That's like. Yes. Well, it'd be like me selling like Pappy down the road. It'd be awful. Like that would go to like the worst circle you of hell never. possible. <laughs> Dude, th- never in a million years, but that's what it would be like. That came up on the Sunshine Pod. If you guys want yeah. to check, check no, it out. I remember out. that. There was a whole like, <laughs> how would you murder Pappy was the opening question or something like that. And I said I wouldn't. <laughs> anyway, the trivia. <clears throat> Violence 
is actually the seventh ah. ring of hell. It's pretty high up there. Um, Not great. Treachery is nine. Fraud is eight. And I think fraud. that gets to fraud the political stuff. Isn't that kind of what? Well, it's a little political, but yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. Heresy is six. Uh, wrath is. F- Heresy should be nine, in my opinion, but. Wrath is fifth. Greed is fourth. Uh, it's hard to believe that we're going down in bad things, but gluttony is third, which brings us finally Fuck. to lust. Just one circle oh. above limbo. Two times seven is 14. 18 is the winning Fuck. number, Stevie. You get to toss it out to Spoiler Man, get the hot take. You hosted this pod anyway. Just round it out for us, man. Um, yeah, so um, hot take, hot take, hot take. I really don't want to make it religious because there's a lot I could say. Um, but I won't. You know, I brought this up on a pod earlier, but I think Last of Us has turned out to be better than I even thought it could have been. Um, just an amazing show watching Pedro Pascal. And I always forget that girl's name who plays Ellie, but she's a fantastic actress. And Craig Craig Mazin. (laughs) This was a sunshine pod that you talked about this. What's that? that, Oh, I know. So this this makes us the true successor (laughs) of the sunshine podcast event horizon. Yeah. 100 percent like i'll bring this up again in another pod when i get a chance yeah just an amazing show it's really fun to watch i'm kind of got a little bit of anxiety thinking how they're gonna end it because they don't have a lot of time so hopefully they can figure out a smart way to do that but hats off to craig mazin to go from superhero movie to writing like two of probably one of the most well-written shows hbo's ever produced so uh yeah, cannot wait for this to end. And it got renewed for a season two, which will probably end up being three, two to three seasons because it's huge. And uh, yeah, if you haven't already, check out The Last of Us. It's amazing. Right, Pat? Great show. We're going to do a podcast on it for sure, I would hope. We will do a podcast on it. Um, other than that, I just want to say thank you for listening to this podcast. If you haven't watched Event Horizon, please do. It's a... As I said, not the best movie, but it looks pretty. It's a fun movie to think about. And I can only hope this gets remade into a miniseries at some point. But check that out. And thank you for listening. That was Spoilers. Special thank you to our patrons. Spencer. Matt Troll. Any coffee? Nick. Yeah, it is cold. Brother Brian. It's Liberate. Tuteme. Save yourself. The Meg. Liberate. Nurse Stacy. About an hour ago, I saw my son. Gail. The Wolf. Ship doesn't really go faster than light. What it does is it creates a dimensional gateway that allows it to jump instantaneously from one point of the universe to another light years away. Barky 420. This is not something that's in our heads. Davy Kerr. You ever seen fire and zero gravity? Totem 
movie recall. He was screaming for me to save him. PK! They're not dead. Druid King. No, I haven't seen anything, and I don't need to see anything, sir, but I can tell you. This shit is fucked. Uh, I really wanted to bring up the most recent Joe Rogan podcast. Which on one? This. Which one? Which one? Um, it's literally the most recent Eric Weinstein. Is he the university guy who sued? The guy who got canceled? Yeah, for throwing a fit about... Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Josh. Dark web. Yeah. Throwing a fit about what? Um, This campus had like a... a um, African-American students didn't have to like go to class. I forget what day it was. And he was pretty much going to like give them like all absences in his classes and like threw a fit at the board... Then I got on social. Me- then I got on social media, and Didn't bring that up at all. And he got canceled, <laughs> and he ended up getting fired. And then he sued the university and won. Then he got on Joe Rogan and got like famous. Mm-hmm. He actually at Harvard was because he wrote an equation that they said didn't adhere to like the laws of physics as they saw fit at that time. And and that may be a separate incident, but they didn't get into this like racial thing at all, except he talked about Kanye a lot (laughs) because Kanye hang out. Weinstein or Rogan? No, Weinstein. Was he defending Kanye? Dude, check this out. So, a lot of like it really sucks you in like listening to him talk he's obviously pretty brilliant knows a lot about physics and like geometry and mathematics and he goes into this thing about how basically his point of view and a lot of other scientists point of view now is that since quote the world is content playing footsie with nuclear weapons and putin that the old rules of science where you're kind of holding back because you don't want to like discover and release something that could be like harmful to humanity is like kind of gone. So he's like, so he, so what ties into this movie event horizon is he, he goes into an analogy, like, you know, the whole like paper thing where you like poke Mm -hmm. the two holes in that whole shit. He talks about it as, in physics the like life we're living and experiencing is like the music we're hearing out of a record player and like the speaker is like the projection of that and that's like typically like what we think of as like light and grat not gravity but like light and like all the speed okay the music is like life because it like goes for it has a beginning and an end and there's like rotating right and the Mm -hmm. speaker itself is like the projections that we can currently kind of measure like light and time and space and the stylus which is like the the pen tool or whatever the needle is like 
he he speculates that that is gravity and that if his some of his theories and some of their current scientist theories are expounded upon we can actually access the record itself and at that point like traveling and using like einstein's equations with round relativity you can bypass them which is again kind of like said in this movie like we go around relativity or whatever i think sam neil says so it's kind of a stupid thought because like relativity is the thing more than just gravitational waves in space what do you mean like Relativity is trying, more. Th- he was trying to explain it to. Joe I understand Rogan, what he's saying. But, but. Yeah, and Joe Rogan is like a dumb hyena. So teaching that man anything is just insane. But that is kind of a cool thought, Pap. Have you seen that Kill Tony where Joe Rogan looks like he just wants to walk off stage? <laughs> no, I haven't watched any of the recent ones. Freddie Gibbs one? gets up there, who's like an actual comedian, <laughs> and Joe Joe Rogan. Like is sitting there in his stupid Irish bowler hat that he wears like a fucking idiot. <laughs> People who wear that deserve to get like kicked in the dick like repeatedly. If you wear a bowler hat, like like I just don't see how anybody could be friends with you. And like he's wearing a stupid bowler hat and a shirt that's two times too small. And Freddie Gibbs is up there and he's like, Hey Joe Rogan, remember when you said that all black people were apes? And he just like he started bringing up like all the racial stuff that Joe Rogan would said throughout the years. And Joe just looks down. It was like, hey, let's just drop it, man. Hey, like that was a long time ago. Hey, let's just drop it. And he like starts to like laugh like under his breath. He like starts to like laugh under his breath, but you can tell like he just wants to get out of there so badly. Yeah, it's hilarious. Let me tell you the conclusion to this Eric Weinstein thing. Please. He thinks it's his he's Jewish, Weinstein. He thinks it's his duty. And the Jews' duty as a people to get humans out, off of planet Earth and um, amongst the stars, basically, because in part because of like ancient scripts, but also in part because like if you look at who discovered the technology and everything that led to like the nuclear bomb, like. Jews They're are Jewish? responsible. Yeah. This is him saying this as a Jew and that now since like Jews have discovered that they've made earth a ticking time bomb. And so necessarily humans have to get off and it has to be like the second Passover, like Jew, like Jews getting guiding civilization off the earth. It's pretty fucking nuts. <laughs> he sounds like he sounds, you know, you know, uh, it, that sounds stable. Are you, you still re- cut recording on this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Dude, that is what he says, though. If you listen to all the way to the stable. end of the podcast. What is... Yeah. All right. All right. Go I'm going to bed, fellas. Yeah, see you guys later. Bye. Bye-bye. That was spoilers.